Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Two Tons One Ash, a podcast where my dad and his two silly little mates talk about NFL fantasy football. Enjoy! Thanks Alice, and what a good judgy character. Uh, we'll start this week's episode talking about a couple of Week 15 games that will certainly go down in NFL history, before letting you know how our fantasy teams are getting on and whether or not we've made it into the playoffs. We'll then finish off by looking ahead to this week's matchups and some selection dilemmas. Thanks for all that you're doing to support the show. And in the words of Marcus Grant, tell two friends to tell two friends. Right, that's enough from just me. On we go. So here we are, and it is Christmas week. Um, so I don't know about you two, but... I feel like I've spent hours trolling that NFL fantasy app, getting a team set up for playoffs, but um, but still can't quite find a time to uh, to buy the misses anything yet for Christmas. But um, but anyway, we're here. Um, but looking back, first of all, then at week fifteen, um, so Scully, I mean, well, two massive games really, or massive how they turned out. Um, but let let's start off with the biggest one: Colts versus Vikings. So the Colts thirty three nil up at half time, and then wind up. Losing it somehow. Biggest loss of all time in NFL history. So, yeah, Scully, what do you, what do you make of that one? Unbelievable game. And uh, like I was just saying off air a second ago, I've just spent, what, 45 minutes, something like that, just going back over the, the highlights, etc. of that game. And it was just, it gets better every time you watch it. I mean, just talking talking through it, just to show how, how mental it actually was. It starts off that there's... Well, they score, they score a field goal um, early on the Colts. Uh, then there's a, a block punt that leads to a touchdown for the Colts. Uh, a forced fumble and recovery that leads to a touchdown again for the Colts. They then stop um, stop the Vikings on fourth down that leads to a field goal. The Vikings then fail a fake punt that leads to a field goal. There's then an interception and a pick six uh, again for the Colts. Um and then another another field goal um, towards towards the end of the um, towards the end of the half. So they're leading 33 nil at halftime. The Colts for after all that, it's just it's just ridiculous. Um, the second half, well, basically in the first half, the Vikings had three first downs. That was it. Only three first downs in the entire first half. Uh, the second half, then it just flips on its head. So starts off. KG Osborne touchdown. Indy then get their final points on on the board with uh, with a field goal on the next drive, which is a 52-yard Chase McLaughlin field goal. So uh, if you did start McLaughlin, by the way, well done. He got 20 points last uh, last week, which is which is a huge score for him. And him being an ex-Brown from last season, uh, that's painful to watch, especially with the performance KG York had this week and several weeks before that as well but then there's a there's a touchdown for um, the Vikings as the commentator put it Ham brings home the bacon uh, rushing in for two yards Justin Jefferson then follows it up with a touchdown with it and then his customary gritty celebration and, but then there's eight minutes left in the fourth with the score 36-21 Cousins throws another pick so it's looking pretty pretty down the comeback's not on at that point but a quick 
free and out for Matt Ryan and the resulting Vikings drive ending in an Adam Thielen touchdown. The Colts then fumble, but the preceding drive, the Vikings turn it over on downs. And with three minutes left, the Vikings are down by eight. But again, Ryan fails on a QB, QB sneak and the Colts turn it over on downs. Dalvin Cook, literally on the next play, as it dumped off reception, 64 yards and a touchdown. They then convert the two-point uh, the two-point try, and the game is tied with two minutes and 15 seconds on the clock. And two punts later, it's overtime. One failed drive each in overtime. The Vikings have it, only needing a field goal to win, which they get to complete, as you mentioned, Ash, the biggest comeback in NFL history. And they also clinched the NFC uh, North title as well. So, absolute scenes. <laughs> uh, crazy game. And then some crazy scores as well from people. I mean, probably the the craziest thing that you'll see in, in the contrast with, with the scores is the Colts put up 33 points in, in the second half. Uh, sorry, in the first half. And obviously the Vikings score all their points in the sec in the second half. So Pittman score scores 19 points for the Colts. He has 10 receptions for 60 yards, no touchdowns. The Colts defense scores them 22 points, and as I mentioned, Chase McLaughlin scores 20 points. They're the only scorers of no for for the Colts. On the other hand, you've got. The Vikings, where we've got Cousins, who 34 off 54, 460 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions and seven sacks, which is why, obviously, the, the Colts' defense scored pretty highly as well. But he he scores 40-odd points in our league. I know we, again, a little bit higher scoring in our league for, uh, for quarterbacks with the six points for a touchdown. Uh, Jefferson, 12 receptions, 423 yards and a touchdown, 30.3 points. KJ Osborne has a career day, 10 receptions, 157 yards and a touchdown, 31.7 points. And then Dalvin Cook has 17 carries and four receptions for a combined 190 yards and a touchdown, scoring him 27 points. So you could have literally off that game had your entire team um, from... A combi combination of both teams, and you'd have won any matchup, I think, in fantasy last week. Crazy game! Absolutely it's amazing, really, isn't it? That, that yeah, that and those probably fantasy points explain more of the game than than the actual points do, or even the first half, second half. That yeah, as you said, really, the, the Colts' defense and kicker, the highest two scorers. It's not as if that their offense has done really well and scored the thirty-three points, which is which maybe explains why the second half it was. Maybe not lucky, but a good performance from the defence, but why the second half was totally different. Um, maybe just a surprise that the Vikings weren't doing anything in the first half. I think it was, yeah, what did you say? So Kirk Cousins, 40 points he finished on. I'm sure he was about two, three points, I think, at the end of the first half. I think he was on minus points. I'm wow. sure he was on minus points at the end of the first half, like minus two points, something like that. But then to turn it round, I mean, that sort of those numbers are ridiculous. And that's in his. It just he's he's done that purely in the second half. Um, it was like a proper cliche, like game of two halves. But the Colts they, they didn't do anything. I mean, they've they've not really done anything spectacular all year. It was more that the Vikings were doing really terrible things uh, in the first half, which gave 
uh, the Colts that lead. But the Vikings then did what they've done all year and just ter- just just turned up, uh, but only did it in the second half, um, and were were just unbelievable. But yeah, proper game of two halves in in every sense of the word. Yeah, absolutely, and and another close win in the end for the Vikings. Then, and as you mentioned, clinched the NFC North. Um, although quite a few games, I think, ahead of the Lions and and especially Packers, but um, but still nice for them that they could clinch it. Um, and ultimately, I don't really think they're in much of a chance of uh, of having that first round bye, but but clinch the division nonetheless. Um, so that was one of three games that went to overtime last weekend. Um, a fourth game should have. So in a city that's known for its gambling, the Patriots, instead of taking a knee, gambled their chance at overtime and went for some weird kind of laterals, which ended up in their own end zone. Um, so, Charlie, Patriots against Raiders, another wild game, maybe for different reasons, but tell us about that one. Yeah, so a bit of a um, the same sort of game that you would expect from the Raiders, who have been really inconsistent all year. Um, they've they've gone into games with a lead and then thrown it away, uh, and it, it just seems to be a bit of a an ongoing problem with the Raiders. They they don't seem to be able to get any consistency, um, but they've t- taken a bit of a lead into into the first half uh, after the first half. So they were uh, I think seventeen three up um, going into half, and then uh, the Raiders did what the Raiders have done all season and let let the Patriots back into it. Um, Stevenson doing the leg, main leg work for him. I think he was their top scorer in terms of fantasy. Uh, 24, 24 points, was it? You'll know, Scully, obviously playing for you. It was on my bench. Ah. Well, it was, was he questionable or doubtful all week, wasn't he? And then it was maybe like a last minute. Oh, he's ready. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was questionable. Um, it was questionable all week leading up to it. It said it was going to be a game time decision. So I put um, Algier in for the Falcons, thinking that they played at the same time at nine o'clock, well, nine o'clock our time. So the last minute I'd be able to switch switch him around if uh, if he was active. That didn't go to plan because they didn't kick off at nine o'clock. They kicked off at six o'clock. So Algier <laughs> started in that, in that slot. But it worked out pretty well because um, because he scored me 22 points. He had his best uh, best week of the season as well. But yeah, yeah uh, best up. Touchdown, 172 yards uh, rushing. Uh, yeah, 24. 24 points. Um, big game for him. So uh, yeah, he was the highest scorer out of everybody there. But... Um, yeah, so it goes down to the uh, should have gone to overtime, like you said, uh, Ash, and then just a, a crazy play. Um, obviously, Stevenson, uh, who we've just mentioned, picks up the ball to run. It's uh, tight. The uh, scores are level, so he, he, he runs and, and tries to get some extra yards and t- tosses it back to Jacoby Myers, who... It, it seemed like he was panicking and just didn't know what was going on and thought, we're going to have to lateral. Clearly, we're going to have to lateral it because when else do you do that other than when you, you're going to lose? So he, he's seen Stevenson lateral and just done the same thing and then throws it straight down um, the Raiders defender's throat who runs it in for um, 
for a pick six, or I, th- I think it goes down as a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Yeah, I think so. Because, yeah. because it was an initial um, run. But yeah, Can we talk I, about Mac Jones's attempt to stop him, by the way? <laughs> or lack of. <laughs> lack of. Wow. Fold it was a wonderful, like a wonderful stiffy from Channel Jones initially. But then, uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe he didn't realise he was the last man, last man yeah. back, goalkeeper and all that. But it, in terms of fantasy points for, for players in, in that game, not really anything to write home about. Uh, like you said, Stevenson picked up, uh, like I said, Stevenson picked up 24 points. But apart from that, nobody really putting up huge numbers. The the one standout um, for me was the fact that Darren Waller's back uh, for the Raiders and looked like Carr was trying to get him back involved uh, in the uh, in the game. He only had three targets, uh, sorry, he only had three catches, uh, but 100 yards, uh, sorry, 48 yards, 100% catch rate and uh, and a touchdown from there. So he was he was doing what we expected of him pre-season, or I certainly expected of, of him pre-season, um, or getting that way anyway, with it being only, only his first game back. Um, but apart from him, um, you've got... Mac Hollins only picked up fourteen points. Um, nothing, nothing really spectacular. Uh, four catches, again a touchdown and forty yards. Um, but for a a wide receiving core that is is relatively slim, you would certainly expect more uh, from from him or um, or the main man in. Um, in Vegas, being uh, Devonte Adams, it's yeah. um, it, it, it just yeah, just a strange, a, a really strange game. Um, the way it finished, and it sort of put it, it just sort of put an exclamation mark on the game, which had been backwards and forwards all the way through. Yeah, it seemed it, and uh, arguably fortunate, I think, with the um, the tying touchdown. Anyway, uh, I think when they came down, giving. Derek Carr finishing up on 25 points for the game, which, like I said, that last, that last touchdown that he threw, questionable until about 10 minutes, I think, for them to review. Um, but, yeah, but on the other side, in what was even a slim receiving core for the Patriots initially anyway, Jacoby Myers, who, as you mentioned, was the one that finally threw it backwards to Chandler Jones. He's got four fantasy points, and, and uh, I could see that being his last fantasy points that he ever scores for the Patriots after that. So looking back at our fantasy matchups from last week um, and our individual scores, um, Scully, you came in third with 119 points. I was only just ahead of you, two points higher on 121 points. And Charlie, just one point ahead of that even on 122. Um, so on points totals throughout week by week for the season so far, uh, me and Charlie on six wins and then Scully just three wins so far. Um, having said that, we all lost, so not not a great week for any of us. Um, I'll talk through my team first of all. So my overall record for the season finished on seven and eight, um, and lost last week by eighteen points. As always, Dylan Hurts was great um, until I guess the news this week broke that he's got a shoulder injury and missing a few weeks. Um, but he was brilliant last week. 
uh, with a good score, good total. Uh, but everyone else scored just below what they were predicted, um, just meaning that I guess that I was never going to make up that 18 points anyway, but not even a chance of it. Um, and even on my bench as well, nothing much going on there. And then even looking on the waiver wire, it's slim pickings on who to pick up or where and who to plug into. Um, Charlie, I'll come over to you next. Um, so you lost your matchup by by just five points uh, and finished the season with a record of six and nine. So squeaked into the playoffs um, on that number eight seed. Uh, we talked a little bit last week uh, on whether you were going to start or, or were in fact going to yep. follow through and um, drop it, Tua it and Jalen Waddle. Um, <laughs> what did you end up doing? Um, not not so much Tua. Um, I had Dak. So, um, yeah, he scored slightly more anyway. So, right decision to drop Tua. Awful decision to drop Waddle. Um, if I'd have gone with the team that I would have done, which is uh, Waddle over Williams, had I have not spat my dummy out, then I win the matchup and I'm not got the hardest um, hardest matchup going into the playoffs this, this coming week. Um, so, yeah, stupid decision. Spat my dummy out, but, yeah. I've uh, I've managed to creep in, so uh, yeah, it's all good, it's all gravy. So in doing so and in losing last week, that puts you in the eighth seed position, which ultimately you play the number one seed, which is James. Um, there's been some debate, I guess, as to who's been decent uh, in our in our fantasy league all season, who scored the most points, who's had good matchups and whatnot. Um, but James has been standout kind of week by week. He's been the high scorer all season uh, combined. So, so yeah, that is the tough matchup that I'm sure we all wanted to avoid. Um, I'm going to guess that he's predicted to to win on the projected points so far that it's showing. Yeah, by by a fair distance as well. I think he's he's predicted 130 five points um, or some ridiculous prediction anyway I think he, he, but he tends to have that every week so I think my only strategy to get the win this week will be if he bombs I don't really think there's anything that I can do in terms of my team um, I think it's all going to come down to him having a bit of a flop um, which can happen um, he's not he's not got a perfect record but yeah he's, he's definitely got the best team out of our uh, league this year. Uh, I mean, looking at who he's got, it's it's pretty scary in terms of what I'm playing against. Barkley, Jacobs, Hill, Chase, Hawkinson, Metcalf, Tucker, um, all all uh, up there in terms of. Apart from uh, Metcalf and Chase, every everyone I've mentioned is in the top 10. I mean, just looking at the rankings of his players, he's Herbert's number nine overall. His two running backs are fifth and third overall. Tyreek Hill's second. Hawkinson's the second uh, tight end. Tucker's the second overall kicker. The Patriots, the number one defense, although I think that's skewed based on um, they've had like a couple of enormous games uh, as opposed to sort of consistent every week. So I could do with them having a stinker this week against uh, Cincinnati, but Chase not being the one who puts it to him. So looking at that, and Darren Waller um, obviously scored well last week. Um, he's definitely got the potential, anti to be up there with the Kelseys, with, with the Kittles of this season. Um, 
And ironically, really, he's playing. Let's have a look. I think he's playing against Steelers uh, this upcoming week. So, um, so yeah, I'm not sure how well you'd actually want him to do. Um, but yeah, that's one of those that you'd, you'd left the bench last week, but hopefully a difference maker this week coming up. Yeah, one that was I was a bit miffed that I'd not uh, played with uh, last week. I know me and you spoke about this earlier, but uh, he, he was one who was it was a bit unsure whether he was going to be there with it being the late game. I didn't want it to him to bite me on the arse again, which he has done it pre earlier in the season when I played Scully. Um and he ended up sitting for the game. Um so I ended up missing uh missing out on that win. Um so I didn't want to be in that same position again. So I thought I'd sit him, see how he gets on and uh yeah of course he goes and pr- gets the points difference uh, that would have won me the the uh, the match up. So yeah it is what it is. But looking forward to this week um, I'm going to go back to what I think is my best lineup. Uh, the only one that's causing me a bit of a headache is the flex position, um, which is between three players for me at the minute. Uh, that's who I've got in there currently, ETN. But obviously they play Thursday, um, which I never like having a Thursday player in there. Obviously, if, if I do start with him, I'll put him into the... Uh, into a running back rather than flex because that would be a rookie mistake having your, your Thursday starter in that flex position. Um, but yeah, between him, Pacheco and Pittman uh, are my three that I'm undecided on. Pacheco purely based on the matchup with Seattle being the second worst team against the run. But he played the worst team against the run last week and only got eight points. So um, yeah, maybe it's not all about matchups with uh, Kansas City because they're not they don't tend to just play on the other team's weakness they play on their own strengths because let's face it they're awesome so why wouldn't you yeah absolutely but fingers crossed for you and hopefully you make it through to the second round of the playoffs uh, so we've got something to talk about next week and you're not just on here being bitter if you join us at all um, so, Scully, over to you. So, you lost by 21 points, uh, taking your total for the season to 7 and 8. Um, and looking at the players as well, everyone looked like they did pretty well for you. The only one that you could possibly call out was Stevenson that you left on the bench. Uh, and even Dotson as well, but Stevenson, the one that I guess was, I think it was questionable all week even. So, the fact that he started pretty last minute and then did so well was a surprise in itself. But... Um, but yeah, talk us through your team last week and your matchup against Midi. Yeah, so gives me a couple of selection dilemmas, I guess, for for next week to to play the little man again. This time, um, this time I'm going to do him though. He's already done me twice this year, and I'm bitter. Bitter about the first one. This one, it didn't matter in the end. So um, he can have it. He can feel as happy as he wants about it. it makes no difference to me. I'll let him think that anyway. But, um, yeah, this week on my bench, I've had this dilemma for the last few weeks. It's do I start Carr or do I start Daniel Jones? When I start Carr, he scores nothing. When I start Daniel Jones, he starts nothing. And the other one usually scores quite big, which is what's happened this week again. So that that's my first dilemma going into next week. Um, already mentioned earlier on that that I made a mistake in in dropping Stevenson. Uh, that was because of the the game time um, decision whether he was going to start or not. But 
the person that I put in for had a great game. So I'll gear for, for the Falcons, 22 points, good performance for him. Um, and Dotson, Dotson scored big, which he can do uh, for Washington. So he's probably my other selection dilemma. Is it him or Olave? Because Olave is probably not scoring as high as as he's got the potential to do. And I mentioned this quite often because Dalton is dog shit. So that's that's probably one, probably not even much of a dilemma. But that's an easy choice for next week. Do you not Dotson... think much to Dalton then? You've not mentioned it before. You know what? Just. Um... Just recently, I think I've just just gone off him. I mean, what what's what's going on with James Winston? I do not get that situation whatsoever. Um, why are they continuing to play Andy Dalton? It's just anyway. All you see on the highlights is is maybe the plays that Taysom Hill does as well and throws a few touchdowns and then clips back to Dalton. Yeah, I don't know. No, I don't know. I don't know. But other than that, um, Eckler, 15 points, pretty consistent, so not, not the best score for him, but but okay. Sent Brown, 15 points, again, similar. Not not the best score that he's capable of, but, but okay. Um, kicker, nine points. Ravens defense, nine points. Pretty, pretty standard, quite good. Um, Schultz, again, he can either put up a really big score or he scores nothing. 3.5 points off an offense that scored 34 points so tight end i know it's a struggle for a lot of people unless you've got kelsey potentially goddard i know he's been injured a little bit but yeah it's, a, it's an odd one this season that one you've got to think that schultz has probably got a higher ceiling uh, than some of the others that are available on waiver wires whether it's Noah fan um i guess disley the other tight end for the for the seahawks hayden hurst i know is available on ours so, um, so yeah, I think you're probably best off sticking with him. Um, but let's hope that you can stop that four-game losing streak and uh, and beat Midi for the first time this season so that you make it through for the second round. Uh, I'll just touch on my matchup this upcoming week as well. So I'm playing against Kyle. So Kyle's got a great team and done really well the last couple of weeks, not only with McKinnon, but Zay Jones as well. And then Brock Purdy and his, his quarterback, uh, and then Justin Jefferson doing what he normally does. But let's hope that the likes of Jerick McKinnon and Zay Jones, they've peaked. They've had a couple of fantastic weeks. And then now it's coming up to the crunch time that they can go back to normal, back down to single digits or, um, or if needs be, something below 15 would be nice. So let's now look ahead to week 16 and some either ors. Um, or, or in this first case, either or, 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 or. So, Scully, let me come across to you, and um, and I'm thinking maybe more selfishly with Jalen Hurts getting injured and one or two questionable quarterbacks. Who would you suggest either picking up and then starting out of the Gardner Minshew, Deshaun Watson, Zach Wilson, or Sam Darnold? Definitely not Zach Wilson. I'd say probably not Watson because although he's getting better. Week on week is uh, is still is still not it's still not it's not, not clicking as an offense as, as as we're hoping and and hoping it's going to more long term. Um, I come in, Shu, probably one because he's awesome 
and I just love the guy. But two, because he's he's the one that's got the most weapons um, on on offense for him. So yeah, I think Jalen Hurts is obviously Jalen Hurts. He's he's exceptional, but he's still got. He's still got all those all those weapons to assist him. So um, yeah, I think Minshew can can fit into that well. Goddard's back as well. He's got a good connection with with Goddard. Um, obviously, he's got AJ Brown as well now, which I'm hoping he does connect with quite well. So uh, yeah, I'm going to go Minshew. Good call. Uh, and yeah, hopefully you're right. Not only for for fantasy reasons, but obviously for the Eagles side of things. Um, hopefully, he's that sort of. I know he's more experienced, but Brock Purdy, just plug him in. And let him dump it off, let him turn around, hand it off to Miles Sanders, do whatever he needs to do uh, in a different sort of way to Jalen Hurts. Uh, Charlie, over to you. And who would you suggest starting between Marquise Goodwin of the Seahawks and Jerry Judy of the Broncos? Difficult one, um, purely based on um, Marquise Goodwin's previous usage. Um, obviously, he's been third string. Uh, behind Tyler Lockett and DK all season. Uh, and l- this last game wasn't really... It, it's not going to give us an indication because Tyler Lockett played the majority of the game, but obviously now he's out with that finger injury. Um, potentially steps, steps up to number two. Um, Judy, it's, he, he's been hit and miss because he plays with that clown as quarterback. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's a difficult one because Judy's, I think, the more the the more skillful player, the more established player, but is 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 hampered by that. So uh, for me, I, I think I'd go uh, go Goodwin because what Geno Smith's been able to do this year has surprised everybody. So um, yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping that he can step up, and, and he has had some big games as well, even with. Um, Lockett and, and and Metcalf being there, um, so a couple of games this year, he's uh, he scored over over twenty points, which in terms of fantasy is is sort of where you want your players to be. So uh, against Carolina week fourteen, and uh, against the Chargers uh, week seven, so he, he has he can put up a, a, a decent score. Uh, obviously, with those that was uh, very much touchdown dependent. Um, but with a bit higher target share and a better quarterback, I'm going to go uh, Marquise Goodwin. Nice. And yeah, and hopefully a good matchup as well against the Chiefs. Um, so a good matchup against their defence, but not only that, but I'm sure they'll have to throw it and air it out somewhat as well that most of the game. So increased target share, hopefully, as well. Uh, Scully, back over to you and on to running backs. So J.K. Dobbins of the Ravens or Dion Jackson now that jo- Jonathan Taylor's got injured. I'd stick with um, Dobbins. He's, he's performing well. He's had a couple of over 100-yard um, games. He's going up against the Falcons as well, but are not particularly good on any part of the game. So, um, so yeah, no, I think he's. Um, I think he's got the potential to score to score quite big, and I'd be, I'd be starting him probably anyway if he was in my um, in my side. So yeah, Dobbins for me. Yeah, and that's definitely the safe start, isn't it? Um, you look at Deion Jackson, I know him and Zach Moss were popular on waiver wire pickups this week with Jonathan Taylor out. Uh, I guess if this was last season, 
with the offensive line that the Colts had last last season and the type of performance that Jonathan Taylor was doing, you'd be expecting someone to plug in and perform almost as well. But but yeah, the Colts haven't got a lot going on offense at all this season. So safer option. And, and yeah, I'd agree with you, J.K. Dobbins. And Charlie, to finish off, uh, so two more running backs, Alvin Kamara or Jarek McKinnon? If you put those two names together uh, before the season you wouldn't even think they would even be in the same equation. Uh, I mean, Alvin Kamara is by far the better player. But the problem is the offense and what they do with the ball, he should be used like McKinnon is currently being used for the Chiefs um, as a guy to dump off to uh, and get those hard yards after the catch. They just don't use him effectively. Um, all season, he's had he's had a couple of big games, which for a player like Kamara is dreadful. Because let's face it, if you've got Kamara on your team, you've picked him up either first or second round. Uh, and if you've managed to get him in the second round, you're thinking that's an absolute steal. Um, but in terms of what he's provided you this year, um, you'll be you'll be screwing that decision and if you've picked him up in those positions uh, you've, you're probably not in the playoffs so uh, for most people it wouldn't be a decision between the two uh, but for me I, I'm going to go McKinnon um, purely based on it, it, the amount of usage he's, he's getting he's clearly the favoured back uh, in uh, in what's turned into a, uh, a two-man backfield for the Chiefs uh, they're a lot more explosive on offense. They've got Pat Mahomes, who's the guy's an absolute magician, um, and he's picking up the points that, same as Eckler's been used. He's not really been used as a running back. The guys, I think he's been the the last week. He was the highest target targeted uh, receiver uh, with eight catches. Um, so yeah, the the guy's just been. If you've managed to pick him up, a uh, wonder as fantasy, and I think potentially could be a bit of a league winner um, if you've managed to uh, to pick him up and a good matchup against Seattle as well. Comes back to what is going on in New Orleans. Yeah. yeah. You've got a weapon there that's probably your biggest weapon, really, isn't it? I know we talk about Alave and Juwan Johnson at tight end and well, Jarvis Landry that they picked up as well, but you've got Alvin Kamara. Turn around, Thomas, give it him. To, Thomas come back and they're all that speaker beginning of the season. What happened with him? Mm. Yeah, something's up, isn't there? Um, yeah, it's not not wise at all. Um, but yeah, I said about McKinnon and then the Chiefs in general. So Patrick Mahomes, QB1 overall. Uh, and you look at passing touchdowns, he's averaging over two passing touchdowns a game. Which I mean, there's plenty of weapons to go go around, but there's a good chance, especially based on the last few weeks, that they might go to someone like McKinnon. Oh yeah, 34, 34 points is it over the last two weeks, or at least over thirty anyway, thirty four and thirty two. So yeah, massive scores for for somebody that you've definitely picked up on waivers because nobody's drafted McKinnon. And that's that. Between now and the next episode, we'll have had a visit from the big guy. Superstar performance from Gardner Minshew and inevitably, I'm sure one of us will be out of the playoffs at the first time of asking. Thanks again for listening. See you on the next one. Ho, ho, ho.
Merry Christmas to you all, apart from those Dallas cowboys. <laughs>